This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It is an open topic show today, so we're looking for your questions to get your projects completed around the house. No matter if you're getting your house ready for the winter, that may be or not be. This is the weirdest winter. It's been like warm and rainy and, you know, this is the winter of mud at my house. I can no, promise you that. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can join the uh, conversation this morning with us uh, by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you fellas doing this morning? Man, great. Feeling good. Yeah. So, uh, been able to get any work done in the mud? This uh, past yeah, couple of yeah. Actually, uh, we've. Uh, it hasn't been raining, right? So uh, we are pouring a um, a slab today in Madison. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've got two driveways ready to pour. So uh, we. It, it's been. Uh, it's been productive. Okay, Dell. Yes, I've been out with my galoshes on. Right. Uh, <laughs> just all in the mud, but definitely getting a lot of work done. Yeah, I can tell that it's not it's not all there yet. Even though it's not been raining for a couple of days here, I can say that my backyard's still not convinced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. Still pretty squishy. Sure. Um, so anyway, uh, one of the things I was going to talk about today is stuff that people ask me around the office when they know it's your day to come in. So here's the deal: <laughs> if if you're just listening to Fix It 101 for the very first time, we've got two contractors here that actually answer questions on the house. Okay, so like if you're doing something and you want to know if you're doing it right or how to do it, how to start, how much it's going to cost, whatever, you can just call here and get that info for free. Uh, it's That's a heck of a service. So you want to do that at 877-672-7464. That's the deal. Stuff that people in the office ask. Okay, here's one of them. Here's one of them. Someone asked, can I raise my yard? The idea was, hey, just like I mentioned, hey, my my yard is a mud pit. If mm-hmm. it, could I can I truck in soil? That might solve the problem. <laughs> and I thought, you I'm, know, I've I, never I've never quite heard it put like that. Can I raise my yard? I like that. I, yeah, I mean, um, I thought, wow, that's an interesting it, thought. If your yard is not draining mm-hmm. properly, uh, yeah, you need to do whatever it takes to make that yard drain. Right. Period. Huh. Uh, it, be it a French drain, be it more soil, a swale somewhere. Uh-huh. Figure out where the yard is not draining, which is easy, uh, and then and then do whatever it takes to make it drain. Right. Okay. Um, so. it, it wouldn't hurt sometimes just to have it um, regraded over. You know, um, when you get a lot of swampiness in the yard, right. sometimes it's best to go ahead and kind of like move it around well, to slope it back out. If, oh. if 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 you remember, my my uh, cheat sheet over. reads: take a ten foot two by four, mm-hmm. uh-huh. put a nail of one by six on the end of it. Mm-hmm. That would make it level, correct? Right. Take that around around your house ten feet out. Mm-hmm. You should have six inches of fall. 
So when that board is level, uh-huh. then you have six inches of fall around your house, and that's what that's that's the standard uh, um, uh, water runoff around your house. That's a rule of thumb. Okay. Now, that'll keep so. the water off your house, but your yard itself. Sometimes it needs to be regraded. I sure. Mean, definitely. Cause okay. Well, we're going to get back to that because I've got a couple of other questions. I'm serious. These these folks wait for you guys to come in and say, hey, when Dell and Jeff get here, can you ask them if I can do this? And, you know, there you go. Free contractors. 877-MPB-RING. Let's go ahead and go to the phone. John's on the line in Mobile. What's up, John? Yes. How you doing, sir? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, am I on the air right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> what can I do for you? Sure, sure, sure. Watch your language. <laughs> yeah. Go <laughs> Put the right filter on. Yeah, right. yeah. Trying to get enough caffeine in me today. Put one foot in front of the other. Uh, this is an electrical question. You got any spark jockeys there? Oh boy. That... Uh, well, we can give it a whirl, man. Go for it. And if not, we can have an electrician call in. There you go. I have a uh, porch light. Not 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 anything difficult. I do have it rigged such that it has a uh, uh, light sensor on it, so that it only comes on at night. You had me at rigged. Yeah, that's done. Right. <laughs> Go ahead. So I screw in a LED light, and um, it works. I put in another LED light. It doesn't work. I've checked the light. Everything's good with the light. The LED light works fine. I, I've I've taken power off the unit, off the socket, put my finger up into the socket, what? pull down the little tab right. to right. make sure that it's at extended sure. proper length. Both bases on the LED lights look identical. I won't go into the other okay, problems I'm having with this one, but what what do you think is going on there? So one one base is hot and one base is not. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One light, one LED sure. light works fine. The other one does not. And they okay. both work in another outlet. Another. No, no, no. I think. Let me clarify this. It's a, it's a fixture. It's got two uh, bulbs in it. One bulb. No, 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 in... no. It's just one bulb. One bulb. But when, when I try a second LED light, one with a, with a higher uh, oh. wattage, it doesn't work. Fixture's not made for the wattage, uh, maybe. In other words, so. maybe a forty. It's, and... it's sixty, seventy-five watts. I've, I've used those previously without any problem. Something's huh. gone wrong. In are there. they? Are they? Let me ask. Are they different uh, brand bulbs? They're different brand bulbs. They're, they're variants of what you get at Walmart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, I, this is going to sound crazy, but have you tried another one from the same box? Um, I no, I have not. Uh, what I did was to take that bulb that would not work in the uh, in the right. socket. And tried it on another fixture, and it worked. Ah, right. It's just this one fixture that seems to be giving me problems. I, I did put a circuit, I put, did put a socket adapter in there, so that I could uh, check the, um, the, the the voltage, and it shows 120 volts or 110 wow. volts. So, wow. Let me ask do you: um, this fixture and fixtures, honestly, can can go from from not costing much at all to costing a whole lot of money, is that something that you might be interested in replacing? You know, at this point, I'm I'm willing to chuck it and try another one. If I think it's a great idea. If you chuck it, what you do is that you don't have to rig up a uh, a light sensor. They come with them now. You know, so you just buy the whole fixture with like uh, with the sensor yeah. and all. 
My, you know, my problem there is that the um, the light is so close to the sensor that it tricks the sensor into thinking, oh, it's daylight. And so right. what I've done is uh, I've put the sensor a little, a few inches away, and when I put the um, globe on top of the, enclose the uh, light on, with a globe, I'll put a little duct tape around the back side of the um, globe so that the light from the fixture doesn't shine on the sensor. And it seems to work fine. You need to build mouse traps, man. You sound amazing at this kind of stuff. You've gone to great lengths to make this work. Um, yeah, I think, John, probably your best idea at this point is to re, uh, replace that fixture. What do you guys think as yeah. the actual contractors of the look? It would be simpler just to buy a new Duster Dunn uh, LED fixture and just put that up there. Yeah, they don't they don't, they don't cost that much, and, mm-hmm. and you can get that done. Let's and keep on moving. The light bulbs. Yeah. Let's keep on moving. We're going to go to uh, Antoinette in Columbus. What's going on? Oh, hi. Hi. Um, happy, new, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And thank you for your show. <laughs> yes, ma'am. What can we do for so, you? I have two questions. All right. Number one, my home is five years old. I built it um, in uh, 2013. So I want to know... How, how soon should, of course, it was inspected, termite inspection and all that then. Is it time for me to do that again five years later? A home inspection? Uh, no, uh, termite, I'm sorry. Oh, a termite, termite inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you have reason to, to worry about that at the moment? Or is it precautionary? No, I think I'm, I'm manufacturing worry, I guess. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you <clears throat> you've seen no evidence of termite, correct? Oh, correct. I don't. Okay. Um, okay. And the the water, you know. Now keep keep in mind, there's two things a termite has to have. They have to have water, and they have to have food. They're they're, they're just like we are. So keep the water away from your house. Um, termite cannot survive without water. Uh, you can take a flashlight. Um, Check all of your exterior walls. That's where the termites are going to right. come in. If it seems that dirt is growing yes. up the side of your home, you got an issue. Yeah, or on the inside on the sheetrock. Right. If you see something that looks a little unusual, like a termite uh-huh. trail, um, take you a little X-Acto knife or something and cut in there, cut that paper. Termite's not eating the paper. No. And you'll, 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 you'll quickly tell if you have termites. Okay, so here's the thing that um, caused some concern. Okay. So my home, my home is, I guess maybe about a fourth brick as a brick facade. Yep. But then, for the sides in the, the east and west side and uh, across the patio, it's hardy board. Yep. Side. Okay, so when the contractor finished off the side, a hardy board. Uh, it stopped maybe about six inches, uh, you know, above the ground, and then underneath that, that black under paper is showing, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I thought that he was supposed to take the hardy board all the way down to the dirt, but he said... That black under. That's right. It's called a seal. It's called a seal stop. That's about about eighteen inches wide. 
Would that be common for a contractor to leave that space there? It needs to be there. The hardy does not need to go all the way down and make ground contact, even though it's the hardy is is a concrete product. Um, it does not need to go all the way down to to meet ground contact. So I would take a razor knife and I would go right under my hardy and cut that piece of plastic off. You don't need that past that hardy. Okay. Oh, I don't. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Cut, cut, cut it off. And again, Jason just said, if you see a, it's called a termite tube. That's a, it's a thing of dirt. That's where the termites are going down in the ground, getting their water, coming back up into your house, getting your, uh, eating, eating the 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 food that's inside right. your house, not the food we eat, the stuff your house is built out of. Right. All right. Okay. Thank you, Antoine. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we appreciate it. You know what? We got we we need to take a break, don't we? Yes, let's do that real quick. Um, it's time for us to take our first break. Yes, we do have two contractors in here today answering your questions on the house. It's 2019, and we want to help you meet your DIY goals, and the uh, earlier, the better. So if you need some advice about your latest addition or home improvement project or just installing the doorknob, join the conversation at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Got a couple of folks on the phone. Let's keep on going to it. Graham is in Starkville. What's going on, Graham? Hello, Graham. Yeah. Hey, you there? Yes, sure. Good deal. You're gonna you're cleaning out a French drain. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you're. I, I did, couldn't hear the radio station. Okay. Oh, sorry yeah, about that. I wanted to know how to, how to clean out a, a French drain uh, that uh, it's is pretty full, and I, unfortunately it's got small gravel in it too. Of course, only gravel can get through the holes gets in there. Right. Uh, and just wondered if there is a uh, uh, if there's a successful way to uh, to do that. Dell, you ever uh, like blow out a French drain? Well, the method we we'll use, you know, if it's not too bad, is the old pressure water hose. Uh, the um, it's like a, it's like a little pump you put on the end of the water hose and you right. push it through, and it makes um, a big. I know what you're it talking about. It swells up and it pushes pressure through. It's a it's a it's kind a, of a rubber thing that you put on the end of your hose. That what it does is it, it basically holds the water and blows up like a puffer fish on the end mm-hmm. until it finally blows and puts a very strong rush of water towards the clog. Yes. Oh, you, you can pick it up at any home yeah. store. I, yeah, I've used these before. Uh, plumbers use them sometimes um, yes. to 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 get clogs out. Oh, as long yeah. as it's not too bad, then you... If it's, Does it pulse? Is it a pulsing uh, uh, device? It's more, like I said, more like a puffer fish. It, it looks it looks kind of yeah. small I, and uh, no big deal, and then it blows up huge inside oh, yes. the pipe. Yeah. 
but that if it blows up big enough, it, it it'll plug the pipe. And I thought I'd seen something that did that, but uh, that's not what we want. Um, but anyway, I, I wondered if uh, if somebody like Rotor Rooter does things like that. That uh, absolutely. Oh, certainly, yes. Well, any plumber definitely has. Um, they have the push snake. Uh, the the um, yeah, the, the snake one that goes in a circle. You know, you got the the, the steel rod that you yeah, push like down, the and then you got the um, drill cable. So any uh, plumber could do that. All right, Graham. I think, yeah, a plumber can do that. And also, I think if you can get pressurized water in there, you might mm-hmm. be on to something. Just basically got to see um, how bad it is. All right. And uh, thank you very much, Graham. We're going to keep moving. Are we going to uh, Chad? All right. Chad's on the line and uh, on the road. What's going on, Chad? Hey, guys. Um, so I was contemplating extending out my present back porch because I got about a nine foot by nine foot. Uh, back porch, which is just really not a lot of room. Uh, I was thinking about pouring out a 20-foot by 20-foot slab and extending out. Uh, and generally, I think the present slab is about five to six inches uh, deep. And I was curious about if I got a contractor, about how much generally that would cost. My ground, my backyard is fairly level uh, within the dimensions on what I'm considering pouring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if y'all are able to answer that question or not. Hang on, uh, maybe. Jeff is doing some uh, calculating as we speak. That's 400 by 400? Yeah, and it's got aggregate rock sitting on top. Much like okay, wa- right yeah, here. washed aggregate. Now, are you, yeah. is that what you want to go back with? Well, since my back porch is presently got aggregate on we'll try top to match it. of the present slab, we'll try to match, right? So, Okay. Um, I'll do. I'll yeah, do. We, we still got some math going on. Here. I'll, I'll do some math, and then we'll uh, we will let you know through the through the program. Okay. Okay. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Hey, I got a question here from online before we move on to uh, uh, Andra. Hang on just a second. Uh, there's such a thing. I, I love this question from George. Is there such a thing as a growth inhibitor to keep roach eggs from hatching? I mean, I'm assuming outside of a blowtorch, <laughs> anything that one can use as a roach, in, in other words, make it so that they don't get hatched. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you're uh, fighting the losing battle that humans have been fighting with those critters for as long as we can think of. All right, uh, let's keep on going. Are we going to go to Andra? Yep. Uh, how are you? Just fine, thank you. Am I pronouncing your name correctly, Andra? Right. Okay, so so what, what's your question? Okay, I have a uh, you know a clothes washer drain that I am connect trying to connect to my septic tank, and because the existing drain is all blocked, oh. and my question is, can I connect? Is there a way I can connect that to the septic tank by going under the concrete patio pavement without disturbing the soil? Um, fellas, can she take this uh, hose out underneath a concrete pad? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm asking because typically, as you know, in, in that's the dryer vent. No, it's through the septic from the wash. It is a clothes washer. Yes. Are mm. you on a septic tank now? Yeah. So you're wanting, but isn't the washing machine already hooked up? It's, it's clogged. 
Oh, he's going to run another line. Oh, it's clogged. That line is clogged, and a couple of plumbers, I got them to look at, and they tried to clear it, and they told me it can't be cleared. Okay, okay, it's got roots in it or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's no way around it. Yeah, I mean, you got to run another line. That's... but it is, it is doable, but it's, it's really only doable task. by pros. You know, I, I don't know that a DIYer can go out there and run a, a hose like yeah, that under yeah, a slab. Yeah, you see, I mean, you know, in the, in the cities and all that run those tunnels and all, but it's kind of like a tunnel because you don't want to disturb the soil underneath because then the pavement is going to, you know. Yeah, you'll mess up the foundation, yeah. So uh, I don't know whether in your you know uh, experience you have ever heard of it, yeah, and how expensive. Because the other thing is how expensive is it going to be if you have to bring big equipment or something like oh, that. So that, be... that's my first question. Right. All right. Um, okay. I appreciate it. I think uh, we answered the question. Right? Yeah, we did that. All right. Let's head on to uh, what are we doing, Sue? Yeah. Let's go to Sue. Uh, what's going on? Hi. I'd like to have an opinion about something. Sure. I see these uh, sales pitches on TV pretty frequently first, these solar-powered motion detector lights. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, you hang, you put them up outside, and, and they're supposed to put out the – on the ad, it looks like they put out a lot of light. But these little – I'm wondering how, how much light these little small appliances do put out. Is it worth ordering one, do you think? I use one of these at my house. Um, great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, my wife and I got one of these years ago to cover an area – uh, outside in our home that just did not get a lot of light but could. It's like a carport-type area where right, right. where people would walk, and it's very difficult to get light there. So we put that there. And I can tell you it works great, and do not ever count out LEDs. Mm-hmm. If you think you want something bright, mm-hmm. all they got to do is put another one on there. It is amazing how bright that stuff can get. Oh, good, good, okay. Well, oh, I'll yes. Try some then. They will absolutely fill the area with light, I promise. That's right. <laughs> That's a good idea then, though. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. Let's keep on moving real quick and get Nate in Tupelo. What's going on, Nate? Nate? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. So what's up? Uh, yeah, just had a uh, comment about the uh, cockroach egg call a few minutes ago. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I worked in pest control for quite a while, and I was just going to let them know that uh, there's nothing you can do to keep cockroach eggs from hatching. Uh-huh. Uh, now, there is a product. It's a growth inhibitor that can be used that will disrupt the life cycle of the roaches and keep them from uh, reproducing further, mm-hmm. but can't keep them from, from uh, hatching. And those, those growth inhibitors can only be applied by a pest control technician with a license. Uh-huh. Uh, but there is one workaround to that if you live in North Mississippi. Uh-huh. Uh, Alabama does not require you to hold a pest control license to do pest control. Wow. And oh, wow. When- Nate, stop talking, man. You're going <laughs> to hold my beer. <laughs> Open well, the liability this. can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, that is really cool, Nate. I appreciate you telling us that. I, you know, I just whenever we've had um, we've had exterminators on the show and that sort of thing, but I can tell you that it's a losing battle. You can only do it for uh, anything you do in killing bugs is only for now. It's, oh, yeah, n- it's not for the future at all. Uh, definitely, so. definitely. All right, uh, thanks, Nate. We appreciate it. 
We're going to take a uh, quick break. There we go. All right, yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with more questions. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk to one of these two contractors and get them to answer your question, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Time for another break. If you want any advice, give us a holler there, or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Dell Moore from Affordable Solution 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. Remember, we've got two contractors on the house this morning to answer your questions, 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.com. Dot org. Okay, let's go on to uh, Mike in Memphis. Just go ahead and move it along to the phones. What's going on, Mike? Mike, are you with us? Hello. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you, sir? Good deal. So uh, what's going on with you today? All right, I got a uh, one-car one garage, and it's on a slab. And I was wondering, I want to put a, a shop on top of it. Am I going to have to uh, redo the slab, or do you think that slab can hold the weight of another story? Uh, the only way to know that is, was it engineered to have a second story when it was poured? To be honest with you, I don't know. I, about the it's, an, it's, a, it's an older garage. You sure. Put a Volkswagen in there. Mike, I doubt very seriously if the original builder would have gone to the expense to engineer that slab for a two-story if, if it was originally sold as a one-story. Right. So. Okay. Do you know how thick it would have to be? Well, the slab itself is not is not what's carrying your weight. It's going to be the footings under your okay. slab. So, no way of knowing how right. deep those footings are. But but no, I think you're taking a um, pretty big risk if you're trying to put a second story on a on a slab that was designed for a single. Any way to come off the side of it instead of on the top of it? You could make it bigger. Well, put your footings there. Yeah. No, but uh, I was wondering, too, if I should take it down or if I could jack it up, if it would be, you know, to, uh, to have that sl- footings and everything redone. Uh, it would be cheaper to take it, think, the whole thing down and just put up a whole new building. I, I'm, I'm going with the new building because you, you don't know what you have. Uh, you're going to put money on top of that slab that chances are was not engineered for a, a two-story. Right, and we haven't even asked how old it is, so That's we don't right. even know what code it is up to. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know how old it is. The house is 1920, but I know it's been, you know, added on. Later. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I doubt it's probably in the 50s, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm taking it, it down, Mike. Down. I think it. I think it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, wait a second. Um, here we go. You've done some work. Well, I've done my math. Jeff Simmons and, of uh, Houseworks has, has I, done 
I don't remember his name. Do you remember his name? Not sure. Okay. Anyway, I'm so interested in your the, middle school the, math. The guy it looks, it looks like nice algebra. The, uh, <laughs> the the gentleman that had wanted to pour the patio. Uh, you're going to be looking at somewhere around seven to twelve dollars a foot. Now let's summarize here. He was talking about how much he wanted to make a new. He wanted right. to pour a new uh, patio, kind of patio onto his existing. Mm-hmm. Now there's several things we need to consider. We know automatically that's in the backyard. Uh, we also know automatically you're not getting a, a concrete truck in the backyard. Okay, so you either have to line pump it or haul it back there in a motorized wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to form it. You have to finish it. You have to wreck your forms. Now, keep in mind, you're going to tear your yard up. So I took all of those things into consideration, and you're looking at somewhere around 3000 to $4,500 to do a 20 by 20. So, Okay. Well, thank you very much. Off of the cuff without looking at anything. That's great. That's fantastic. Okay, got an email here, and uh, someone sending in about that light fixture. If you remember, there was a light fixture in it uh, right there at the front of the door where someone had wired in an extra uh, light sensor and was having a problem with the LED bulbs. One was working, one was not. Uh, got an email in from a fellow named Chris who says the light fixture is possibly miswired. If the neutral connected to hot, etc., regular incandescent bulbs will work. LEDs might work or might not. Yeah. Um, so that's something that, uh, that you might want to check. In other words, an LED, if it's wired incorrectly, it's possible that an LED could, or, or that an incandescent could survive, but not an LED. And, too, if you think about it, what's a new fixture run? Well, that's what I was saying. If yeah. You know, you know, you can get twenty dollars pretty cheap. Yeah. I mean, so and yeah. and they only it's it's kind of funny, folks. Is that if you ever don't be afraid of that kind of thing. It's funny if you walk up to your front door and look at that light, you'll see that most likely there's only about two little screw thingies that are actually holding that thing to the wall. And if you take those off, there literally is only about two wires going into that thing that keeps the light on. And they make them now. Um Lifetime bulbs, you know, once you put the fixture up there, there's nothing else to do to it. Oh, wow, so really? It's time to change the whole thing. Yeah. That's fantastic. i got to do that. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Let's go to the phones now. Jake is in Memphis. What's going on, Jake? Yes. What's what's going on, Jake? What you need? Well, I was, I was calling about trying to get some information on what, how... What's the best way of going about encapsulating underneath my house? Because I have a crawl space underneath my house where the, where the ground. Uh, so I want to, you know, get some information on how to do that. What are you doing, Jake? You know, like uh, when you when you encapsulate underneath your house, <clears throat> like one company. Uh, said Talking about creating moisture barriers and that sort of thing, and. and- yeah, yeah, just putting, uh, I think, because um, I was thinking about just going ahead and just putting some uh, plastic sheeting underneath the house. Right. The yep. And and that way it'll keep the moisture from going it. But I don't know if, if it's a certain type of barrier that you need to use or just how do you go about doing that? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, put, put you a heavy mill plastic under your house uh-huh. and then make sure that you have ventilation. That's very important that that house ventilates under through that conventional foundation. 
be it foundation vents, make sure that they're not obstructed, and um, just make sure you have good air movement under your house with a good heavy mill vapor barrier. Uh, this is not it's not hard. It's uh, you're crawling right. on your belly, putting down a, a, a vapor barrier. Just be careful of critters and. You have electrical wires under there. You have plumbing. Right. Jake, I've done this before. It's not a fun day, but you only have to do it once, you know. Um, So it's, it's not that bad. Yeah. So when I, when I do that, is that, is that something, um, if the the ground is already like more underneath the plastic, is that, is that, is that, is that going to be okay? Or that's the side you want the moisture on. It's on the other side of the plastic. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, so just just a thick uh, thick plastic, just lay it underneath there. As sure, as I can. You, you can buy you can buy thick plastic at all your big box stores. Eighty four lumber, you know, right. any just about any hardware will have heavy mill visqueen. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it okay. comes in a roll about um, forty by hundred mm-hmm. or, or sixty by hundred, but you want to roll it out outside in your yard first and get it. Fold it up where you can handle it under there. You don't want to just take a roll under there and then got to unravel it. It's going to be even more difficult. So yeah. spoken like a pro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take so it out in the yard and unfold it, and you know, cut it down to size where you can handle it. Right, and then go for it. Try to get someone to help you. Yeah, try. <laughs> Not a fun job. Pay them. You can I'm, pay them. Right, yeah. I'm going under the house. You want oh, to I've, done, yeah. I've done worse yeah. for beer and pizza, folks. There you go. Yeah. All right, so I, I has an incredible question online here, and it's uh, Catch-22. All right, you ready? Uh-oh. This is big. Uh, Karen emailed in. She said, would changing out my late 70s interior doors to newer type doors increase my home's value? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say catch twenty two is is I don't know what doors are in there, Jeff. I mean, because probably some people are into that kind of look. I mean, seventies door is probably um, a smooth Luan door, mm-hmm. um, which uh, we built a couple houses, and that's what they wanted. So, right. so it's you know, a taste it's that, thing. It's that seventies retro look. Mm-hmm. Um, Switching out to the new six-panel or the seven-panel right. farm-style look um, probably is not going to increase your property value. Um, it's going to in, increase your um, sellability maybe because it looks better. Uh-huh. But I don't think, hey, I'm going to put in new doors. I'm going to make right. A lot more money on my house, I doubt it. No. But, you know, it looks better to some people. Of course. And then, and then other people, it's going to be like, oh, man, do you remember those 70s doors? That you, uh, so hey, you can just clean uh, those up or repaint them or do whatever it is that you, you know, need to do. Uh, we, we we built a house in uh, in uh, Eastover a couple years ago, and that, that's exactly what the homeowner wanted, the solid core, smooth door. And, uh, well, it matched the neighborhood. So. Yeah. So that's Some 70s look. pocket door. Yeah, yeah, a pocket. All right, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. As I mentioned, you've got two contractors here on the house that are willing to answer your questions today, and you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. Question we got from inside the house here today, uh, and, and I call this part of our stuff people in the office ask me, um, 
how much air is supposed to come out of the vent. This person asked me today, they said, okay, so my heat came on, but I put my hand up to the vent and it just felt like it was leaking out and not not pushing out. Hmm. What does that mean? Yeah, it's it's not going to it's not going to feel like a fan. I mean, it's it's can not, we make it feel like a fan? Do we want it to feel like I a fan? I don't think you do. Okay. Um I mean, you're you're yeah. I don't want to hear my heat and air come on. Right. I don't want to feel that wind blowing on me. Okay. I just okay. I, I want to walk you in just that, want it to be 72. Yeah, right. I, I want to walk in that room and I want it to be comfortable. Right. So, I mean, can can you imagine having that vent blowing on you? Nah, you, you don't want that. Mm-mm. You want your house comfortable. Okay. So, um, well, what uh, what if you have say one room that seems to be flowing very well and another room that just doesn't seem to flow well at all, even though both registers are wide open? Well, then you might need a damper. You might need to slow one down. That way, you have more airflow going through this other one. Now, heat and air needs to be calculated. It's there's a and I cannot calculate it, but my heat and air contractor <laughs> right. can. Um, it's a but, formula, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are heat and air calculations. You can have too much air, and that's bad. Right. So you know, it's it's a it's a science. It needs to be calculated. Yes. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the phone right now. Shelby is on the line in uh, Meridian. What's going on, Shelby? Madison. Oh, is it Madison? I'm sorry, I didn't see that right. Here, you need this. Yeah, no. <laughs> get away from me. Are you there, yeah, Shelby? Yes, I'm here. I got a. Uh, I caught the tail end of a conversation a few months ago, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't understand it. I mean, I didn't hear the response. But it's time for me to get a new water heater. And is it worth investing uh, in a tankless, or just go back with a conventional? That's a. It's a great question, Shelby. We're we're, gonna, we're bringing you down because your phone's kind of scratchy. But let me say, Jeff has answered this question a hundred times on here. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, it's real simple. Tankless. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me let me let me tell you why. You get a gas-fired tankless water heater. You know when you're going to run out of water? You're going to run out of water when the gas runs out. Right. Okay? Um it, your new water heaters today, if it's in the attic, is not going through your pull downstairs anymore. It's not going to fit. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna rip that out, right? Talking get, about the old uh, the older tank. That's you right. Can no longer get them through the, the new tank will not go up through that 24 inch space anymore. Well, that's so so um, and then just the benefits of the tankless. Now the tankless is gonna cost you more money, but in the long run. It's much, much better, and that's simply my opinion. I know in a house of five, having endless hot water oh. would be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's it. There you go. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Going to take a quick break here. and uh, Oh, the number to call, I just said that, didn't I? With the the uh, email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll, I'll get this together. 2019, we want to help you meet your DIY goals, and earlier, the better. So if you need some advice about your latest addition, home improvement, you can join the conversation at 877-MPB-RING. Or give us an email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. 
If you miss anything on MPB Think Radio, you can always stay up to date by logging on to our website at mpbonline.org or use your mobile device and download our MPB public media app. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Shirley now in Starkville. What's going on, Shirley? Oh, hi. Um, I'm calling uh, about... Um the light fixtures, uh, well, the light bulb, that is. Um, about five years ago, I uh, had some ceiling fans uh, installed, and there was a, um, the bulbs that, uh, the bulbs of choice were CFL, and now some of those, uh, in time, I've had to replace. So uh, when I recently went to Lowe's, mm-hmm. I couldn't find uh, the CFLs anymore. Is there now another bulb of choice? Yes, ma'am. The CFLs were fluorescent bulbs, um, or known as fluorescent, and usually you could see the little squigglies in those. Where the uh, right. yeah, right. Those you're right have fallen out of favor for LED bulbs, and they're going to last you much, much longer than those fluorescents did, even. Yeah, they're, they're, you can't manufacture a CFL bulb anymore, from what I understand. Oh, okay. Yeah, the government okay. government did away with that, I do believe. But LED, that's the okay. way to go. Okay, uh, the second thing, uh, uh, there was a caller who called in earlier about that uh, a black undercover uh, thing under the Hardy board. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and one of my friends has that, and she was wondering... How could she, I mean, she landscaped her house, but it still shows, and she was wondering how could she cover that up. Just just cut it off with a razor knife. Right. Oh, all the way around the house? Yes, ma'am. It's it's about an 18-inch piece of plastic. It's called Moist Stop. And um, after it comes out from underneath that hardy, it's doing no good at all. So just trim it off with a good, sharp razor knife. Wasn't the contract supposed to do that for her? Well, probably. <laughs> but hey, we're 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 human. We can make mistakes. Okay. There you All go. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it, Shirley. Thanks a lot. I have a question here. Another one of those that falls into the stuff people around the office ask me, and this one is just amazing. Okay, ready? Okay. If you have a lot of needed improvements at your home, how do you decide which to do first? No. Okay. Wait a second. Most expensive to least expensive, roof to foundation. What's most important to tackle first? Is that not a genius question? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I've got my opinion. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's the order that uh, it goes in. Okay, so uh, hit me up, fellas. I'm order of importance. Exactly. What is what is causing the most damage if you don't fix right now? So, so um, uh, roof leak. Roof leak needs to take top priority. Yes. Uh, over most things going on in your house, that and drainage, right, uh, w- would be my my pick. For example, I just installed a new back door, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any hangover, so I built a little porch uh, hangover. Yep, because the new door was starting; it was finna go. 
Right. And, and, you know, it hadn't even been a couple months. Okay. All right. So what needs to be fixed immediately? Yes. You go after that first. Yes. Then let's say we have everything in, in somewhat working order, but but we've got a an older house that needs love, and I kind of want to re- renovate uh, most of it in time. Do I start? Is this a room-to-room thing? Is it a top-to-bottom thing? Is it, you know, what what are we looking at here? I think that boils down to your checkbook. Oh, really? Yeah. I do. Okay. And if you're staying in the house tonight, or if, you know, if you need all the space, you know. Right. It, it, it varies. Okay. If, I think if the checkbook would allow, um, move out. Mm-hmm. Hire a contractor that you can communicate with, that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, do your three- or four-month remodeling project and then move back in. Yes. Okay. All right. That's that's good advice. And Number call. Say um, what? If if you got any roof leaks, take care of that before you put any sheetrock up. You know, oh, it's yeah. just backwards. Oh yeah. Uh, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. If you got a question for our two contractors in today, it's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can go to the email, and that's uh, fixit one hundred one at mpbonline dot org. Have a uh, have a question here from the email. So Van asks, I have a cupping in my floor uh, I have a visqueen layer out under the house but definitely not sealed from the ground is this floor ever going to lay flat probably in the summertime but you definitely have a it's it's um, you definitely have a water problem uh, from underneath if it is cupping now if it is turning up uh, let's see how do I say this um, if it's curling up on the on the top side, on the side that you walk on, if the edges are coming higher than the middle, mm-hmm. um, you've got a water issue on the top. If it's cupping the other way, higher in the middle, lower on the edges, you have water issue coming up from below. There you go. Okay. So that makes get, sense. Yeah, get your foundation dry, and if it's not too bad, it may lay back down when it dries out. Summertime. Okay. Number call is 877-MPB-RING. we got a, uh, another couple of minutes here. If you've got a question for one of our contractors, they can answer your questions. Got a, a question right here. What can you tell me about ductless mini splits? I know pretty nothing about them, <laughs> says this person. Um, what do you guys think of the ductless mini splits? Opinions, gentlemen? Uh, this is a yeah. type, folks, so that you know well, what they're um, asking. This is a type of uh, air conditioning it's good heating for, system. You know those little add-on rooms when you um, close in a garage or something. You know they they work well for that. Sure, mm-hmm. in the in the right mm-hmm. application, they're great. Well, yeah. Um, now, if you if you built a room addition that has multiple rooms, then no, it's not going to be the the heat and air of choice. So uh, mini split. Um, is is the idea of a mini split is to cool roughly the same area of say like a window unit? Uh, yeah, but better, better, better. Yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, more comfortable. Yeah, okay, up to four hundred square feet, and you're good. Okay, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. We've got a couple of more moments if you want to get your question in. Um, one of the things I can tell you that we're tackling this year is repainting the entire home. Fun inside. Inside, Ooh, trim and everything. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Room luckily, by room. yeah, yeah. Luckily, the the wife 
does the the trim? Yes. I can't. I'm the women, roller guy. Yeah, women are typically better at that than than guys. I, I like I like doing the roller. Sure. Uh, Man, that's a big job. It is. It's giant. <laughs> but you know, we haven't done it in years and years and years, and we have you know all these kids and dogs and stuff. So we got we got to paint. And, and see, you know, you're you're, you're saving money. You're. Uh, Typical uh, paint job is five bucks a foot. So, five dollars a foot, really? Do the, do the math. Hey, everybody, did you hear that? A paint so, job is five dollars a foot. If yeah. you've never heard that before, so uh, that's fantastic. Sure. So okay. look at look at the money mm-hmm. you're saving. All right, that's good. And we can buy some decent paint ourselves and of course do it ourselves. Of yeah. course, don't cheat yourself on the paint. That's right. That's why it's fix it one hundred and one. There we go, folks. That's how we end this thing too. All right, this. Job I'm looking at before the. Anyway, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Del Moore and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Michelle McAdoo, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. <laughs>